Welcome back to VideoMinistry.com, to another blog and to another podcast. Today we continue in our study of Genesis chapter 26. We're in verses 26 through 33, which reads, Then Abimelech came to him from Gerar with Ahusath, one of his friends, and Phicol, the commander of his army. And Isaac said to them, Why have you come to me? since you hate me and have sent me away from you. But they said, We have certainly seen that the Lord is with you. So we said, Let there now be an oath between us, between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you, that you will do us no harm, since we have not touched you, and since we have done nothing to you but good and have sent you away in peace. You are now the blessed of the Lord. So he made them a feast, and they ate and drank. Then they rose early in the morning and swore an oath with one another, and Isaac sent them away, and they departed from him in peace. It came to pass the same day that Isaac's servants came and told him about the well which they had dug and said to him, We have found water. So he called it Sheba. Therefore the name of the city is Beersheba to this day. That's Genesis chapter 26, verses 26 through 33. Today we continue our study of Genesis chapter 26, which begins with Isaac on his way to Egypt due to famine and ends with him enjoying flowing water in Canaan. Today's narrative is very much like that which happened to Isaac's father Abraham in Genesis chapter 21. Two of the three main people, Abimelech and Phicol, who came to visit Isaac this particular day, were two of the same people whom Abraham had dealt with in like manner. In verses 26 through 29 of today's passage, we read, Then Abimelech came to him from Gerar with Ahuzath, one of his friends, and Phicol, the commander of his army. And Isaac said to them, Why have you come to me since you hate me and have sent me away from you? But they said, We have certainly seen that the Lord is with you. So we said, Let there now be an oath between us, between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you, that you will do us no harm, since we have not touched you, and since we have done nothing to you but good, and have sent you away in peace. You are now the blessed of the Lord. Isaac's three visitors, Abimelech, Phicol, and Ahuzath, according to some biblical scholars, pictured what many refer to as the unholy trinity. Due to their earlier treatment of him, Isaac was completely surprised when these guys showed up at his camp. The phrase, hate me, was used by Isaac to remind them of the quarreling that their people had experienced over the wells, one of which was called sitna, meaning hatred. A common tactic of Satan is to imitate the things of God in order to make himself appear to be like God. What is commonly referred to as the unholy trinity, described vividly in Revelation chapters 12 and 13, is no exception. 
The Holy Trinity consists of God the Father, God the Son, the Lord Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. Their counterparts in the unholy trinity are Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. While the Holy Trinity is characterized by infinite love, truth, and goodness, the unholy trinity portrays diametrically opposite traits of hatred, deception, and unadulterated evil. At the beginning of the tribulation, these will rise up to make a covenant with Israel, but Israel will not recognize them for who they are. In fact, Israel will think the Antichrist is their Christ. The impetus for these three men who visited Isaac for their desire for a covenant was that the Lord was with Isaac. Despite their jealousy and hatred of Isaac, Abimelech and his men recognized that the Lord was with him. And the same is and will be no less true with the Muslims who hate Israel today. And so Abimelech and his men asked to enter into a covenant with Isaac. In the future, according to Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 through 27, a covenant will be established between the Antichrist and Israel. Israel will not know that they will enter into a covenant with the Antichrist until the middle of the time frame as indicated by the Lord Jesus in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 15. This covenant will be a seven-year covenant. It will happen during the time known as the tribulation. According to verse 29 of today's passage, either Abimelech and his men were blind as to what happened between Isaac and the people who kept stealing the wells, or they were just bald-faced liars. They may not have touched Isaac or harmed him directly, but they did so indirectly, causing him to move from well to well, and finally telling him to leave their land. In verses 30 and 31 of today's passage, we read, So he made them a feast, and they ate and drank. Then they arose early in the morning and swore an oath with one another. Isaac sent them away, and they departed from him in peace. Isaac's prior relationship with the king of Gerar was strained. He was caught in a dangerous lie regarding his wife, Rebekah. When Isaac's prosperity threatened the king, the king asked Isaac to move away. Even though the people of the region harassed Isaac's family about the use of the wells. After Isaac moved to Beersheba, the king and his entourage arrived to have a conversation, which led to a nice meal and the establishment of yet another covenant. Ironically, the same day that the covenant was made, between Isaac and his three visitors, another well was dug, which produced water. In verses 32 and 33 of today's passage, we read, It came to pass the same day that Isaac's servants came and told him about the well which they had dug, and said to him, We have found water. So he called it Sheba. Therefore the name of the city is Beersheba to this day. 
Sheba means oath. The word Sheba here has an added letter on the end of it, a letter like our H. This addition of this letter makes the word signify more than just an oath, but that which is full or abundant. The well found then and the well of the future will be filled to overflowing. However, Sheba is also the word for seven, and because of the agreement, the place is called Beersheba, the well of the oath, or the well of the seven. As you can see, the coming seven-year covenant with the Antichrist was foreshadowed here. The Bible time and time again uses the number two to signify a difference, usually of things at enmity with one another. There are two testaments in the Bible, one based on the law and one on grace. One shows fallen man, the other man restored. There is day and there is night. There's darkness and there's light. There's good and there's evil. There's Cain and there is Abel, Ishmael and Isaac, Jacob and Esau, Adam and the Lord Jesus Christ. There's heaven and there's hell. There's life and there's death. Each of these are in contrast to one another just as the two wells were in contrast. This life that we all share here in time on this earth has one main purpose, to prepare for the inevitable, the inevitable end when good and evil will clash and good will win. There are only two everlasting things in the world today, people and God's word. Everything else will ultimately be burned up. We must invest in those two everlasting things, people and the Word of God, or we will miss what this life is truly about. Most people think this life is about the acquisition of things, making them more prominent, improving their status. Most people think that if they had more money, they'd be more happy. This is not so. You see, the ultimate point of our lives is to get those two things, the Word of God and the souls of people, those two things that will last beyond this world. The goal is to get them together. A good place to start is to intentionally read the Word of God daily for ourselves, interacting with God as we do so, so that we can intentionally interact with others regarding what God has said in his word. When we do that, we will truly discover what this life really is about. My friends, I trust this blog and this podcast are helping you in your walk with the Lord. If I can be of further assistance to you, shoot me an email at beyoungministry at gmail.com. Hey, have a great day.